I started a nationally trending uh, hashtag this week, so you know I got that going for me. Uh, Wingian Gabriel, known uh, for showing uh, his insane athletic ability multiple times uh, on the court uh, and off. You know, it's always how is Buddy and not what is Buddy drinking. You think, oh my gosh, I caught a break. They're they're leaving the floor. Now you're a meme on Twitter because Reed Shepard just dumped on you. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Sack BBN here, joined by my three Twitter best friends. We got Wildcat's Tongue. We have 270 Bradley Smith. And we have Big Blue Bud. And we are Rup to no good. We have a lot of sad things to talk about. We have a Florida loss to talk about. We have a Tennessee loss to talk about. We have a Liam Cohen loss to talk about. I'm sure Bradley has some takes on that, maybe even addition by subtraction. I can't wait to spin the hell out of that. Uh, Before we get into sad discussions about how 18-year-olds ruined our week, um, how about we all kind of like just discuss how we're all doing and kind of one way that we want to keep this episode more positive and engaging and ways to like involve everyone in our fan base and make everyone feel heard. WT had the idea that we're going to answer answer every single listener question. Um, so usually we just pick our favorite. And if you have a bad listener question or we just don't see it too bad, you suck. But today we have to answer it. Even if you suck. Um, But first, before we're going to get into your thoughts, I say we just give everyone two to three minutes, say how you're feeling, say how you're doing, say your thoughts on the current state of Kentucky athletics, and we'll roll from there. And then we'll just kind of go into what the listeners are thinking. Let's start this off with a bang. Bradley, you go first. How are you feeling right now? I was good until you said we had to talk about the state of Kentucky athletics. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. We do it every episode. I'm tired of it. But other than that, I'm pretty good. Uh, My third graders got uh, about four wins. Uh, Not about four wins. It was four wins. We went 4-0 on Saturday. Uh, So that was nice. And uh, we had a good practice today. Um, So everybody else's mental health is reliant on 18-year-olds. Mine is reliant on 8-year-olds as well as 18-year-olds. So... If anybody has me beat by 10 years and your uh, self-esteem and uh, mental health is based on negative two-year-olds, uh, you know, shout out to you. Well, Bradley, um, I'm glad you have at least one good basketball team to talk about. You want to talk about the bad one at all? <laughs> no! That's fine. You don't have to. We go to Buddy. Buddy, how are you doing? I'm okay. I've been better, I will say, but I'm okay. I um I haven't felt great today, and then we lost a couple games, and I've been real busy at work, and so I'm just okay. How about you? WT, how are you? How are you, WT? You're muted, WT. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of really not hard great, sorry. Be, be yeah. better at being yourself. Oh, my. Try to be a better version of yourself. I'm not doing just, great. Just um, kidding. I, I love a, you. I have a splinter on my left middle finger. Uh-huh. I've had it there since Saturday. Um, and it's just I can't get it. 
and it's been bothering me for like an entire weekend. Can I try? Uh, and I'm I might like actually amputate it. Yeah, at the uh, Rub to No Good meetup tomorrow. Hey, um, you can uh, try it uh, in Nashville. Um, can I use my teeth? No. It, what? Can I use my teeth? I've, I've already tried it. It's inaccessible. Can, you can't can we see? It. Can we see the Splinter WT? Not really. It's, it's Whoa, small. Whoa! Did you that, just flip us off? Oh, so funny! You just flipped us um, off. Other than my bodily pain, I'm uh, feeling a lot of emotional pain as well. Um, my father is a Tennessee fan, which has made this weekend um, not fun. I honestly, <laughs> he listens to this podcast. This is actually the first time he's heard my voice since the game. <laughs> is hearing this podcast i'm sure uh because uh i'm not happy and the thing is for tennessee fans this has just been like a win against kentucky and they're happy and gloating that's not all this is for kentucky fans like i honestly don't even care that it was tennessee we lost to it's just everything going on um the football like we can't even like the joke we made over the last few years is like oh we just wait till football football school no because there were uh like trash fire right now i mean we still could be good depending on our hire but like i'm not excited for that right now so just not feeling great in the kentucky athletics uh side of things so yeah how are you doing matthew sack so just like a whirlwind of emotions so wednesday um christina and i went down to the florida game and it's like i haven't been in rup since the miami game I'm super excited. Um, Like, we weren't playing great, but we were kind of like buffer zone win game. It's a kind of close game in the second half. I keep thinking we're going to win. This is such a close game. It's going to be such just an amazing, like, break in my week. It's been a really hard week at work. Um, 28 seconds to go. Yugan Onyenzo has a breakout game and caps it off with a putback to put us up for Rupp Arena like absolute pop like you know like when Rupp Arena like usually it was like the big Z like uh behind the back like past Antonio Reese for the three or Kellen Grady's three right before half at um we played Alabama there's like these just pops so when Ugo did that there was kind of a pop and Florida called timeout and it didn't come down it was like two minutes like the entire break Rupp Arena was just yelling like the entire like they were like players were coming back on the floor from the timeout and I'm still like looking around to give high fives to people. Like everyone's high five and everyone's yelling. And I'm just like, this is the best game ever. I know it didn't look great. This is the kind of momentum we need. Huge win without DJ Wagner. And then just everything has sucked since. Like literally, like you blow a four point lead at home in the final 30 seconds to an okay, but like good, but okay, Florida team. Um, who knows how long DJ Wagner is going to be out now? You get blown out. You get embarrassed on your own court by Tennessee. You just got punked. I don't even, like, I'm with you. It's like, yeah, we lost to Tennessee. We just got punked on our own court. We got out-hustled. We got out-fought. The only fight that we showed all game was Aaron Bradshaw shoving a player. And also, Thursday night, I fly down to Orlando. I had a spike ball tournament, by the way. I was representing uh, Team Kentucky. Did you um, we took 13th place and it was like all like the countries and even like Canada, like the U S is in Canada's like best, like States or whatever you have in Canada. They all sent down their teams and we took 13th and Kentucky's a pretty new team. So it was pretty good. I played pretty well. Said with how I played. Um, 
didn't realize that like even though it's only like 60 degrees in florida the sun is really really hot so i got sunburned and i think i came back home with sun poisoning so and i've just been absolutely exhausted like i like didn't really sleep because we were like in some airbnb and i had to like share a bed and had to get up early for the tournament so like i'm rolling on like three straight days of four hours of sleep i had a long day of work long week of work um had to travel to and from orlando over the weekend have sun poisoning just like had two losses and i'm just like physically emotionally everything is dead and like twitter is just calling me names because i want to see our team win and haven't given up on them and they don't like that because they just want everyone to be miserable with them um but you know we're here to talk about it on the podcast that's kind of where i am right now it, it felt like it could have been really cool a uh, nice little stretch you beat florida you get dj wagner back you beat tennessee you're back on track everything's on board and literally none of those things happen and liam cohen's gone in the process you mentioned sun poisoning. Did you look like me after the Vanderbilt football game? I don't know. Can you see how, like, kink my face is right now? No. No. You look less pale than normal. I incorrectly <laughs> assumed it was a tan. It might. I don't think it's a tan. It might look <laughs> like that way through a camera, but I'm I'm very, very pink. Um. So, anyways, usually I'm, like, recording these. I'm, like, I'm excited to talk about basketball. I have a little bourbon to kind of calm me down. Now it's, like, I'm just, like, physically and emotionally just so out of it. And I'm just – I went to get Starbucks. I needed some espresso to kind of almost, like, pick me up through this because I'm sure it's going to be, like, a four-hour episode. Um, You can oh, go oh. and – I don't think it'll be that bad, but you can uh go and uh, – check in spotify or apple podcast right now to see how much longer we are going to be talking for but yeah it's it's been a rough one but let's get into the listeners let's let's start it off with a bang from very big friend of the program michael beard is there an obvious fix to the team achilles heel which is defense uh kind of feel like at this point it is what it is but i want to hear what your guys opinion is shout out to the baja king yeah shout out to you baja blast boy bradley is there an obvious fix to this? Um, try harder. Isn't that kind of what Dillingham said in the postgame press conference? I know it was specifically about out-of-bounds plays, but they were like, what happens? He's like, they tell us what to do. We just don't do it. Do it. Yeah, I mean, when Dillingham, who's like effectively been your best player since DJ's been out and came off the best individual performance of the year, comes out and says, yeah, like we're, we're told what to do. We just don't do it. People aren't trying hard enough. Like, I, I want to be mad at Cal. I want to be like, dude, why don't you work on this stuff? Because, I mean, it is kind of his fault for having this terrible game plan on baseline, baseline out of bounds place to begin with because even WT was able to go back since like when, 2013 we've been doing this for? And it finally the, just got pulled up. I mean, I I didn't go deep into the film on the baseline of bounds. I'm sure we have questions about it too. Um, I literally watched one game from 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013. I didn't see anything on the first three seasons, but I only watched one game. Uh, then get to 2013, we're running the same stupid thing where we run the guy to the corner to cover the corner three. But at least then we had Nerlens Noel stationed it like in the paint. So like that, that sort of made sense, I guess. Now we're not, we don't have anyone in the paint because it's modern basketball. Fives can shoot. So we have to like press them. So if we have to press them, why are we 
pull in the other guy from the paint too. It is like the, what I assume is that they go over based on out of bounds plays and they just say to the guy guarding the curl saying like, Hey, you just got to be there. You just got to be ready for it. No, he does not. That is a disadvantage situation. Just put a guy there. That's all it people saying two, three zone on baseline out of bounds. You're wrong. Like it's better than what we're doing now, but also two, three zone is wrong. Um, the simp- the fix is so simple. Just take Reed and Antonio, who are the guys that are always doing this. They're being told to. I'm not even blaming them at this point. And just move them to the paint. That's genuinely all you have to do. And we're not doing it. It's crazy. Well, I noticed that the tweet said Achilles Hill, and it's not yes. Hill, H-E-E-L. It's Hill, H-I-L-L. Which makes <laughs> me wonder uh, if... Uh, we're on the right track with what he's saying here, but uh, assuming that we are, um, I, I I know I said a little while ago that we're probably it kind of is what it is. Like your defense doesn't change a whole lot as you go, as you go, but I feel like our defense is so bad that we have to be able to improve. Just like you know what I mean. Like if, if some things are wrong, then it's like it's hard to fix them at some point. But like if you're so so bad, then it's just like a little bit more effort and just like a couple tweaks, even just like a couple fundamental tweaks, would help this defense a whole whole lot. So I think that I think that we can improve. I don't know if we can fix everything, of course, but I, th- I think we can definitely stop the bleeding there. And even if you just improve a little bit, guess what? Now you're pairing a slightly better defense with one of the best offenses that Cal has ever had. And you have a team that wins games. Like we don't have to go and be the 2015 Kentucky team that like holds everybody to under 50, but we can just hold teams to 80. (laughs) That's all you have to do. Right. Exactly. Don't. Yeah. You don't have to go and like reinvent the wheel. The baseline guard your man. Base out of bounds. It, and it, then our guards specific, and I don't want to call it's everybody, but like Reed just Shepherd. from last game, the last two games, Reed Shepard has just fallen asleep. I thought that it would be impossible after the way that Florida game ended. I thought it'd be impossible for Reed to ever lose focus when guarding a shooter again. And he did it three times against Tennessee. Three, like three times that I remember. It could have been more. It really like, I don't know how that's possible. You lose a game because you weren't paying attention and then you don't fix it and these guys are only getting i know that these guys are only getting like an hour or two maybe three hours of practice like between those games because it's just a short week and there's not that much time but like still like that's just like a mental thing like oh yeah i can't do that um yeah go ahead zach yeah buddy you are kind of correct that your defense kind of is what it is like we're never going to be a good defense i don't think but I'm with Bradley. They're just give effort. I don't think it's that much harder. And it's not only just defense. When you do play good defense and the ball is in the air and you're seven foot one and no one else on the court is taller than six foot ten, and you are a five star athlete who's going to be playing in the NBA from a year, go up, jump, and grab it with two hands, bring it down, put out your elbows so no one can steal it, and pass it to one of the three point guards on the court. Please, thank you. That would save 10 to 15 points a game. The other six points you could save a game, WD. Stop letting wide open layups on baseline out of bound plays. Like six points also might be generous. The other thing, like both of those things, by the way, are fixable. Try harder on rebounds. 
Stop doing the dumbest thing ever on baseline on a bounce place. Very easy fixes. Another easy fix. Reed Shepard, a very hard working, very hard playing basketball player who has a very notably high basketball IQ, just doesn't stop playing basketball halfway through a defensive possession. His guy gets the ball, he passes it, he kind of just leaves them. To me, like Reed, you are a very good basketball player. Um, like I, I I trust him that he's able to do that. I don't think that I'm asking for something crazy. I I honestly do think our on-ball defense has gotten a lot better. Now, Dillingham gives up the occasional straight-line drive to the basket. That's going to happen. But I think Reeves, Reed, even Rob, and DJ have all gotten better and not just letting straight-line drives. Our biggest, um, again, they're not elite by any means. Like They're, they're not DeAndre Liggins out there or Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, but they got them better. They're not giving it up every single play. Um the, our biggest thing is when we do stop them and they do pass the ball, we just leave them for wide open threes. And you noted Reed, but Reeves does that. Rob does that. Justin does that. Adu does that. Everyone does it. It's 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 bad. What I don't think the fix is, what I know the fix is not, is a zone defense. You think of, like, what is Kentucky's defense bad at? Well, they're really bad at off-ball defense. They're very bad at rebounding. They're very bad at guarding three-point shots. Let's go to a defense where you need to be very positionally aware. You cannot get lost off-ball. It's exclusively off-ball defense. You're not playing man-to-man, which is something that we're actually okay with, Um, like face-guarding a ball. And zone defense, notorious for giving up open three-point shots and being very bad for defensive rebounding. How does that fix any of our problems? If I'm Cal, I'm face-guarding everyone. That's what I'm doing. Like, strict man-to-man. Um, I just did some quick maths, by the way, and we took about seven minutes, probably a little bit more, to answer that question. Uh, if you <laughs> times that by how many questions we have and then divide that up, it's going to take us almost nine hours to finish the uh, this episode if we continue at that. Yeah. So, well, there, there we're definitely feeling... in a rapid fire few, and there's definitely some we're going to be a little <laughs> more passionate about. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I was just I, um, just letting you know. <laughs> going to the next one, friend of the program, Titanium says using only basketball, using only players from the football team. Who would y'all draft for a basketball starting five? Titanium, I encourage you to go back to like the second or third Rub to No Good episode that we ever did where we did a draft. I don't think it was exclusively football players, but we did non-basketball players. That is where Buddy had his notorious, I'll take Muhammad Ali, because he was born in <laughs> Kentucky, and we had to let him know that nobody were drafting UK athletes. Like, Sorry, how do we go to the University of Kentucky? <laughs> you said Kentucky athletes, and he's from Kentucky, and I got confused. Well, we had extensively gone over the rules of the draft. Well, like, I had extensively. Before and during not the just, podcast. Not, yeah, <laughs> not just on air. Like when we were in in the text group chat, we specifically hey. were going over it. And you're like, oh, I guess I'll figure it out in live time. We're good. I feel like Bradley can can list off five football players right off the top of his head. Um. Yeah, if you want me to. If you want me to do current. Uh, give me Brock Vandergriff at point guard. I need somebody fast and athletic. Give me Barry and Brown at my shooting guard. I need somebody long, J.J. Weaver. Uh, plus, he's got an extra finger. He's going to get a lot of steals from the three. Uh, at my four, uh, I believe I would like uh, Keyshawn Silver. 
He's big and strong. And at my five, Dion Walker, of course, because he's also he's big and strong. Thank well, there you go, think... uh, titanium titan. Uh, Connor Caldwell says, scenario, Kentucky basketball does not exist. What program gets the honor of having you as a fan? Well, Connor, the thing about me is I bleed blue until I die. So if I can't be a Kentucky fan, I simply just die. Murray State Racers. I'd probably be like a WKU fan, if I'm being honest. But I would mostly focus my attention to like the Reds and just be sad all the time. Murray State change. Racers. I think I would be like a really casual fan like some of ours. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and probably of like, I don't know, the like Hilltoppers or like maybe Miami. I don't know. It's hard to say. on top, baby. Maybe, maybe Villanova. I'm kind of, I kind of like Villanova. So hey, I'd be a Lansway fan. Can I do a very like 10 second Villanova rant? 10 second, go. Villanova fans, get your meme game up. They posted two Lanceware highlights on Twitter. Villanova did zero Lanceware memes until BBN showed up. Pick it up. He deserves more. Can you imagine? Racers. Can you imagine like not understanding college basketball, but like living kind of like in the Villanova area and thinking, hey, maybe I'll like try to get into understanding Villanova basketball. Maybe I'll try to get into it. Um, and you go on Twitter and you see that your backup center who plays like five minutes a game gets a dunk. And then a bunch of like m- fake like burner Twitter accounts are all posting like memes of this backup center and none of them are Villanova fans. How do you explain that out of context? Hey, thank you very much. We may be burners, but we're not fake. We're as real no, as you're real, real burners. burners. You're real we're burners. As real as it gets. That is valid. Racers. All right, Sierra. So, Sierra. Sierra. Sierra Hedrick says, are y'all tired of having a discussion of on the state of the program once a week? Yes, I am. Um, and it's I... not because it's exclusively a negative conversation. It's because it's the same conversation every week. Kentucky has only won one tournament game in the last four years. <laughs> What's well, that was the, the case. Yeah. That was the case last loss. It was the case the loss before that. It was the case in May when Kyle Tucker or it was the case in August when Kyle Tucker wrote that article. It was the case last May. It was the case last March after we won our first tournament game in like four years. It would be the case if we won Tennessee. It would be the case if we lost against Tennessee. Like if you want to like every time something microly wrong happens, bring up the same macro argument you do every single time that doesn't change. So like if we bring up Tennessee, does it change the fact that we have fewer final fours than North Carolina over the past six years or any of the other blue bloods? No, it doesn't change that. Does it matter if we want to lose? It doesn't. So I'm tired of hearing these same stupid arguments every single time, not saying you're wrong, not saying they're invalid, not saying that I'm accepting it. It sucks. I'm as pissed as anyone, if not more, but we don't need to see it every single loss. Please. Thank you. The thing is like, We've had those conversations. We had those conversations all summer. Like mm-hmm. we talked about it. Like yeah. I like that's the thing. Those those conversations are important. I know like a lot of people disagree with us, the sunshine pumpers, but like that that is an important conversation. Like people have valid opinions about that, and it is what it is. But if every time we lose, and not to say that we're in a good spot this season, but let's complain about this season and focus on this season, and then once the season is over. 
if we want to talk about the state of the program and all that, be my guest. I'll be right there with you. We Even did like, it. We <laughs> had a, like an hour and a half episode and half an hour was Bradley yelling at John Calipari to get off his ass and recruit a player to this team because we had four guys. We had four scholarship players in June. <laughs> there was... And the fifth one was like Joey Hart. That was like the first guy we had. <laughs> that was before Joey Hart came. <laughs> it was just it, it, like... A, a few weeks ago when we were like, this is such a refresh. This is a breath of fresh air. This, this team and this, like Cal's finally done it. He's brought us a team with a, like a real live offense and we're scoring points. And it's just, it's so different this year. And he recruited the right guys for it. We feel so good. Like the stats about March have not changed since then, but two weeks ago, nobody cared about that. You know what I mean? It was all about whatever, but I, I don't, I don't know why, like why we're bringing up March again, because we lost to Tennessee. I'm <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's that it's the same team. Like we just lost to Tennessee now and Florida because we didn't block a shot. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, okay. You guys should put up a billboard for us to win a tournament game. If I had a dollar for go every, play in traffic. If I had a dollar for every for every billboard request that we've gotten <laughs> since I've put up the billboard, I would be probably a millionaire by now. It's so funny because people will be like Whoever we should find the billboard guys and tell them to put up a billboard to fire Cal. And then we'll literally go and complain and be like, You're a terrible fan. Like in like my own comments. It's like you realize we were the billboard people that you're comp- okay, it doesn't matter. It's it is uh it, yeah, whatever. Um it's just it it just gets annoying. It's the same arguments over and over again. And the important important thing to recognize is we are the positive fans, we still have these conversations. Like I said, like last off season, we were complaining about how bad last season was and why it didn't feel like we were making changes to address it. But here on February 5th, February 6th, when we are listening to this, you can't trade any of our players. None of them are going to transfer portal. You can't add any new players. We're not going to fire Cal. Your team is your team. Is it so hard? Is it so bad just for me to want to support them until they're not on my team anymore? And then we could have the big macro discussions is that such a terrible thing just to be like you know what i can't change the fact that reed shepherd is my point guard and he's not necessarily best at defense but i'm going to drive three hours out to nashville after work tomorrow to go cheer him on as loud as i can because they need my support and do you know what maybe in a few months if we suck sure do you want to get rid of cal fine we'll talk about it but i also hate pre just like determining that we're gonna suck it's like everyone just like we're going to have another first round exit. We might not even make the tournament. We're going to be in the NIT. Is it okay to fire Cal then? Why are we just predetermining that everything's just going to be bad? Support your freaking team. Have some faith. Oh my gosh. You're allowed to like think it's going to be bad. Like I people predict things, we predict things. Like we predict yeah. probably more optimistically than others. Like you can think and assume it's going to be bad, but don't expect others to think that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know like, we kind of really pump sunshine, but like like I put out a tweet is like, describe your emotions in three words after the game. I'm not going to go into anybody's comments who's saying fire like coach Cal and tell them that they're wrong. Like I used to, I'm not going to lie. I used to like a couple years ago when that, when I started this whole Twitter thing, but like, I don't do that anymore. Cause like you're allowed to have that opinion, but don't expect me to be like down in the dumps all the time. My, like my only, um, I'll go ahead. My issue with the fire crap, a fire Cal crowd Firing someone implies that there's something better out there to be had. And until 
until I <laughs> <laughs> until I hear definitively someone that is better than John Calipari that would come to the University of Kentucky for the next season, I will not entertain that thought. You know, you Billy, know Don- Billy Donovan is a pipe dream. Me? Brad Stevens is a pipe dream. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I kept cutting you off. Uh, me and Terry Brown had a conversation earlier about the fallacy of what people say is like, if the fans stop caring, we'll become Indiana. Indiana fans still care. They never stop. Yeah. Do you know why Indiana became Indiana? They fired a coach. Because they made bad coaching hires and fires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on to Eli Cox. He says, who on the team would most likely hit three game winners in a row in the tournament? Aaron Harrison asked. How about Easy. the guy, Rob Dillingham, uh, who, yes. said, who said, I missed the one at Texas A&M because I can make one later in the tournament. How about you make three for us, Rob? I mean, it might be a little bit of recency bias just watching him against Tennessee, but if there's any guy that's going to do something uh, like that, it, it's yeah. it's Rob. Yeah. Yep. It's not even close. It's Rob. Okay. Uh, notice not, not, not too much discussion there. Typical Kentucky fan, which Calipari era starter do you think in a one-on-one scenario you have the best chance of scoring a bucket on? Derek Willis. Oh, oh. Not Derek Willis. Derek Willis was a, a most underrated player. Shut up about him. Maybe junior Derek Willis before he got good at defense. Uh, Dante Didn't Dante Allen start a few games? I once scored on Dante Allen. I don't know if uh, I think uh, okay. I've, Have I told this story point. before on the podcast? Yes, you have a few times. Yeah, Not I have scored on Dante Allen. And then he said, wow, that guy has the best hair on Twitter. No, that was a different guy. <laughs> oh, oh. And then you be yeah, like, I looked up and both happened. I thought, well, technically, if you go, if you include senior days, like I feel like I could take Brian Long. Oh, uh, we're talking about like regular. I don't know. Multiple, you just said starters. Mul- he did not qualify. Okay. What kind okay. of I mean, you gave, us, you gave us Dante <laughs> Allen. If we're going like that, give me Savir Wheeler. He just physically cannot block my shot. I'm a foot taller than him. He's too juicy. You can't get around him. I don't need to get around him. I'll just shoot a three right on him. Um, Brad, thing- come on. All right. At not Brad White says, make a basketball lineup full of non-basketball Kentucky athletes. Um, Not a friend of the program. Yeah. Wow. Not a friend of the program. That's okay, well, Brad. Kidding. You're probably, I, I, you're probably a him, newer friend, and we're not going to gatekeep. Yeah. We, we're glad to have you here, but we did actually have like an episode where we spent like half of it making that lineup. Um, maybe yeah. we'll find an old graphic and send it to you, and that'll still be our same answer. Um, I'll give the or, benefit of the doubt. It's a new friend of the program. That's all right. We're we're happy you're here, uh, not mm-hmm. Brad White. Logan Cordell says, are we Final Four good come March? Yes. Yes. And you know what? Yes. There's, it's My guess is as good as anyone else's. If you say no, that's your opinion. I say yes. Don't hate on me because I want my team to be good, and I believe in them. Anybody that says no... Name a roster that you would rather have come March. You, yeah, I mean, there's potentially what one, maybe two. I could see Houston being maybe a viable option that some people might prefer. We'll never could, have it. We'll never see another Final Four under John Calipari. Oh. As long as Cal's a coach, there'll never be another Final Four. He's allergic to him. See, we we should have beaten Florida without DJ. Oh yeah, and we yes. should we should not have. Maybe we don't win, but we should not have gotten embarrassed against Tennessee at home the way that we did, um, even without DJ. 
Is it entirely unfair to say that we still have not seen a healthy DJ, a healthy Rob, a healthy Reed, a healthy Antonio Reeves, a healthy Adu, a healthy Aaron Bradshaw, and a healthy Ugan Onyenzo all play together yet? And that's probably our eight-man rotation. Uh, is that unfair to say? Is it? No, but no, well, I, I say no excuses for the losses, but we, hmm. we're still – I don't think yeah, – we're still – obviously, I think we're still Final Four good. If we have everybody healthy and we have that team. I well, know. my thing is if people are right – and DJ is still dealing with an issue from the Miami game. I mean, he's been how, 70% all year. How many times, how many times, period, have we seen a healthy DJ Wagner? Canada? Not many, not many. But he's I mean, never an SEC play since yeah. the Miami game. So, like, he's, you know. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Um, like, will he ever be healthy then? You know, like, if he's not healthy in February from a November injury, is he going to be in March? I don't know, but I, I, again, I, I love my coach. I love the pieces on our team. I love the players. I just think you find a little bit of consistency. You work on some minor things. Um, I, I don't see why we can't make a Final Four. I mean, I thought that coming into the week and because Rob Dillingham missed a free throw and we didn't have our point guard against Tennessee, I mean, I'm not fully changing up for what I think we're, we can do two months from now. Um, baseline out-of-bounds defense says, my question, don't switch up. That's not a question. That's an exclamatory, but I completely agree. Don't switch up. Correct. Exactly what I'm just saying. I, I thought they were really good a week ago. I thought they were really good a month ago. I thought they were really good when the roster was finalized in August. Um, I still think they're going to be really good now, and I have no reason still, to feel otherwise. I think we would still be having these conversations about our defense, even if we had beaten Florida, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, yeah. we were, and the defense was still terrible. Uh, I don't think it would have like quite this like negative you know, kind of undertone and then, uh, the, you know, these talks about March and everything else. I don't think we'd be having that. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's funny, isn't it? That, like, that's the difference. It's just like a free throw uh, makes the difference between, between like, a lot of these conversations we're having and losing to a top five Tennessee team. Um, I don't know. Um, this is unrelated to any of the questions that have been asked. Okay. Um, what do you all think about the prospect of starting another GoFundMe? Uh, to fly in a private chef from Croatia so Z can stop getting diarrhea three times a week. Do you think that's possible? I don't know. I mean, that's got to be what it is because (laughs) Cal said he was sick, but he's literally like warming up and like talking with fans and stuff. Like he had to just like have the shits just like Rob, right? (laughs) Which I'm I'm an IBS sufferer. I get it. But like... (laughs) You know, come on. <laughs> Actually, real life buddy sources. Uh, I had a, I asked about DJ because I was still optimistic about DJ after after what I had heard, and so I asked somebody uh, who you'd know, <laughs> um, and he said that DJ did the shoot around before practice, but did not practice, and he wasn't sure. But then he also said, however, Z was there. This was from like NBA scouts that were at the practice and said Z was sick and laid his head down on the table uh, during the practice. The whole practice, he looked terrible. It looked like he looked deathly, actually, were the exact words I got. So he probably just had like Goodfellas pizza the night before or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to one, tell you. One too many crunch wraps. Uh, at Joe Chill says, at this point, short list of coaching candidates. I mean, I don't know, Scott Drew. It's like the only one that I feel like is tolerable, but I mean, I'm, what's worse tolerable. than people are just also people just assume people want to come here. Um, yeah. like Scott drew can 
coach this is the ultimate at, destination, man. Don't you know? Scott Drew can coach at Baylor for the next 30 years, like zero worries of ever losing his job in a place that people love him, that he brought a national championship, a place that he's finding success in a unique role. There's no guarantee. Like he had come to Kentucky and people could force him out in three years and now he's out of a job. So you might think that everyone wants to come here, but the only reason, like people are like, oh, we, we can get Scott Drew. Well, you're trying to run your current Hall of Fame head coach out by doing that. Why do you think that's going to be appealing to Scott Drew? And you know what? At the end of the day, he might be like, Kentucky's Kentucky. I want the job. But what's worse than like going through a coaching change and just getting humbled by like like a Baylor coach, a lifelong Baylor coach, now you want him to come here. That's how you become Indiana really quick. And then you get TJ, TJ Holtz, Oltenberger, or the freaking BYU coach. Yeah, and also, I honestly completely forget what I was going to say. Um, sorry, cut this part out, but you go ahead. I'm going to remember what I'm going to say. Um, sorry, you made me you made me forget what I was going to say, too. I remember. <laughs> I remember mine. Scott yeah. Drew. Uh, Scott Drew. Nate Oates. TJ Otzelberger. Get on the Otzelberger train now! Um, give me like a couple years of Dwayne Casey till we're in a holding pattern. And I forgot my last one. Yeah. Okay. So I remember what I was going to say. Um, if you didn't end up cutting that part out, then yeah. Uh, so we did this exact same exercise like 365 days ago, like probably to the day, like the entire, like all, uh, BB and Twitter was talking about, okay, Cal sucks. What are we going to, who are we going to hire? I would say out of like the 15 most common names listed back uh, just a year ago, 13 of them are probably no longer considered because of either how they're performing this year or stuff they did off the court or how they've handled like major like success or failure at their school. Like, I mean, it's impossible to make a good hire right now. It was, it was uh, Blake Spires of the show that said um it based on the current pattern the next coach in line has to be like the drunk in the cycle you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) that is true we're doomed to have at least one like maniac drunk before we have another good coach you know so i mean bob huggins is looking for a job oh god uh mst bbn says who's our next oc for football i couldn't even tell you like i i'm so out of the loop on this and so pissed like it's so late in the stage like seriously like you suck for all this liam cohen but you already know that i mean i feel like it's just going to be like eddie crane or something at this point i mean (laughs) i've heard i've heard people say um dan mullen i just don't see that hire being made and i don't even have like i don't even know of any other candidates like who was who is supposed to replace um no what's his name skiing like last year like before we got liam like what were the other names being thrown around like it was pretty much just liam yeah no there were some other like i know dan mullen wasn't there wasn't there like an ohio state assistant or something uh yeah heartline i have uh analytics to back up a offensive coordinator hire um if you look at under stoops you look at Scoring per game, I only took the SEC games because you can't have your stats against like the scrubs. Um, offensive coordinators under stoops that had last names five letters or less 
score 22 points a game. Any more than five letters, they're only scoring 17 and a half. That's like a five-point difference. That's huge. Do not say it. So we got three options. We got Will Stein, which is who's not going to come to Kentucky. That's a good one. We got Kevin Johns, who I believe is like a – he's like a quarterback coach somewhere. Don't and say then it. we, Don't say we have the guy that is uh, supposed to be the front runner. He's at Alabama right now, Tommy Rees. Oh. All of those guys, five <laughs> letters or less, they will succeed at Kentucky. I thought you were um, going to say Brian Brom. The real question is, <laughs> the real question is will the fit. next hire, will we be having this conversation in exactly one year from now? Probably. Um, <laughs> I just want us to I, like bring the whole gang back. I mean, Stoops talked about leaving, which means Merrill might have been leaving, and then they're both back. And now we got Eric Wolford back, and we got Eddie Grand back. Like, guys, just bring the whole gang back, guys. Why do they all want to leave? Um, so Shannon Dawson, you're next. Two things. Uh, let Vince call plays. Uh, and number two, I remembered my fifth name for basketball is Lamont Paris. Oh, that's a good one. Probably maybe the next cycle. Maybe the next cycle. Um, two Big years Blue, of Dwayne Casey, then Lamont Paris. That's fine. Big Blue Dude says favorite type of cereal. Bradley, this is a food question. This goes to you. Um, do, you do you like cereal? I do. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is good. Uh, I'm a big Special K guy. And then I know this is kind of a hot take among people under the age of 80, but I love Raisin Bran. Dude, I love Raisin Bran. Do you add sugar? No. I add sugar. Just raw raisin bread. No, dude, I don't like it raw. I like it raw. I sugar. I also like fruity pebbles. I have to have sugar. I've never had fruity pebbles. My heart will just give it. <gasps> never. My, my parents had a really weird barometer growing up of like what I could have for breakfast. It's like Krispies, yes. Cocoa Pebbles, no. Fruit Loops, yes. Fruity Pebbles, no. Pop Tarts, fruity, <laughs> fruity Pebbles were solid. I will say that. Pop-Tarts, yeah. yes. Toaster strudel, no. That's a weird one. Twinkie. I, I They let me eat Twinkies for breakfast. But yet, you know, like... It's not even real food. Cocoa Pebbles were, were out of the question. Or uh, Reese's Puffs, also mm-hmm. out of the question. It's like, what? That that This is very confusing for me, still, to this day. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which I did not have until college. That was another one of the two sugary ones. Uh, then Special K and Raisin Bran. All right, we've got through 10 questions. We've just got through 10. All right, another 64 oh, to go. <laughs> yikes. All okay, right, um, at white underscore C says, if Big Z was one of Kel's favorites, he would get ample playing time to develop, i.e. Ugo or Edwards. The dude is a lottery pick talent. We haven't seen his footwork down low. Do you guys think he's lazy in practice? Is there something about him that Cal doesn't like? He's just out of shape and didn't get the November games that everyone else did. Like I, I genuinely think if Big Z was playing against the the St. Joe's and the uh, who was like the apps, uh, Stonehill. Yeah, like if you got to play against Stonehill and a few of those other teams, even Louisville, they're awful. I bet he's playing more right now, but he, he looks lost out there. And, and it's not he, really his fault, but he he looks lost. And if he could go one day without pulling a Paul Pierce and pooping his pants, uh, that would be beneficial to him playing more, I think. That'd be beneficial. Yeah, that'd help. Next. Big Blue Cardi says thoughts on Stoops. I genuinely don't have any thoughts on Stoops at the moment. Um, Liam leaving is not as much of his fault as some people think. I agree with that. 
At Dr. Duran says, why does Reed focus on defense? Oh, why does he lose focus on defense so often and leads to off ball catch and shoot opportunities? I, I really don't know. He's thinking about the courtside baddies. That's why. He's thinking about the courtside baddies. He's loyal. Doesn't he have a girlfriend? He's loyal. Maybe that's the courtside baddie he's focused on. Maybe he's worried Maybe. about his parents. He's focusing Ooh. on his parents out there. They're staring at him the whole time. Maybe. Um, Tater says, if you had to sleep with one SEC men's basketball coach, who would it be? Um, I don't know if you mean like, uh, like share a bed with and like, like that kind of sleep, like actually sleep. Or if there's like some, uh, like Um, some sexual connotation to this, but I'll go with the former and just think you mean like share a bed. I'll go with, uh, Tyler Eulis because he's not that big. And I, uh, we, we'd probably be able to keep our space. Uh, I'll go with the latter and go with Eric Musselman. Have you seen his <laughs> wife? He's got to be doing something right. I mean, okay. He's oh, got to be, like, be the vanilla Winnie Gabriel. I don't know if it's the memes, but I mean, Dennis Gates, something about him, man. He likes him bald. Anyways, Hudson Park says, are we prepared for Rob Dillingham to single-handedly win us a game in the tournament? Buddy, are you prepared for that? Are we prepared for? Sorry, yeah, I looked away. Rob Dillingham to single handedly win us a game. Is that what it was? Yes. yes. Lee just talk so fast. Um, yes, I am prepared. I'm really prepared for the call that's going to be like immortalized. Like this is the point where he always hits it. You know, Bang! I mean? whatever the Rob whatever Dillingham, Dillingham beyond belief. Yeah, whatever the Rob Dillingham version is that we can immortalize uh, for all of time. Yep. Um, John Maldaner says, any new info on the possibility we get Georgia Tech, OC, Buster Faulkner? Anyone have that kind of info? I have no idea. Uh, I don't, I don't but it doesn't up, move me. Yeah. Read a uh, case board or something. We're, yeah. We are not who you go to for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Redden says, just an FYI, today's workday has been absolute hell on earth for us UK fans living in East Tennessee. Surprise, my phone didn't explode Saturday night and Sunday. Everyone that tries to spread sunshine after a loss to UC, UT should spend one day in mine or Wildcat Woody's shoes. Um, I get that you're sad, but um, don't try to bring other people down who are trying to be positive is the only thing I have to say about that. I don't know how many people are trying to be overly positive after this game, but if someone is, let let them cook. It's all right. It's okay to be happy. One of my closest friends is a Wisconsin fan. The last nine years have been tough. Yeah. Big Blue Cardi says, uh, luckily I live in Louisville, so I never have to deal with that. Well, Big Blue Cardi says, will you ever forgive Liam Cohen, a terrible human? Uh, Bradley, will you ever forgive him, even when he comes no. back to be the OC next year? No. I can't. I can't. It's no, not. stay gone. Stay gone, you freaking buccaneer. We, we, I, Get stabbed I, with a pirate sword. Walk the plank, bozo. I couldn't blame. I couldn't blame Stoops for trying to leave for A&M, so I can't blame Liam for taking another job. He clearly wanted out really bad, though. He tried for like several jobs. But, but the Liam thing is more about spinning. him saying that he was going to plant roots and promise Stoops they would be here a few years. Like Stoops already was here 14 years. Like if he wanted to leave, I get it. Liam has been here for one year twice and said he was going to be here multiple years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. If, if it's true that um, Stoops was calling, like, you know, calling plays and kind of taken over there. Yeah. Um, like Matt Jones had said, maybe was, was something that was going on. Um, then I don't know. 
Big Blue Cardi also says, would you rather have Stoops coach the basketball teams or Cal coach the football team? Um, I think I'd... they would both do an awful job co- coaching the opposite sport, but I'd like to think Cal would still be able to recruit a lot of football talent. So I'll go with Cal. Anyone disagree? No, I, I absolutely agree because game day head coaches in football have almost zero responsibilities. Like you have so many coordinators, like the only, the only time a head coach like takes responsibility is because they want to, um, they technically don't have to do anything except for like call timeouts, which Cal isn't great at, but you know, <laughs> you're saying Stoops does nothing. Is that what you're saying right now? I'm not saying Stoops does nothing. It's just specifically uh-huh. during game days. And this is across uh-huh. all of football, especially at like D one and NFL, like the head coach does not really do anything. Yeah, wink, 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 wink. Um, I lost <laughs> track of the listeners' questions. Chase Carpenter says, what has happened to Trey Mitchell? He, he was a stud off. and a big missing piece right now. Also, what zone would be good for this team to try? I'll answer the last part of your question. I say no zone. What happened to Trey Mitchell? I fear a little bit of maybe what happened to Kellen Grady the first uh, his year at Kentucky. Like, remember... Uh, Ty Ty and Savir were both out and he had to play like 40 minutes a game. And then it kind of, the wheels just kind of fell off at the end. I hope that's not happening Trey a little earlier in the season. I mean, it's only beginning of February. Like this was peak Cullen Grady time, but yeah, when a was out and Bradshaw was missing time and Ugo was missing time and Z was missing time. He's had to play a lot of minutes. People are, people are saying that he may have like a back thing flaring up. I don't, I don't know. He's been wearing that back brace kind of all season, but um, there's also reports that he might uh, kind of not play the next game to rest that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we have him and DJ out. I mean, I guess we'll talk about that later. But Kentucky Shrek says, can we start a movement to improve our social media? What was up with the little $2 shovel? It's not even the shovel. It, I think it was like the Burger King crown, like the little plastic crown. It was the vest. Like it wasn't one weird thing. It looks like he went into a photo booth and they had like a bunch of little like 50 cent props in there and he just took eight of them. And not even like looking beyond the props. What are we doing with just a blank white background? Can we please do something better? Please. Any anything? Kentucky football. And I just, no, I'm not, this is not comparing. It's just saying like, it's not like we don't have the facilities. Kentucky football has a great photo department, especially with recruits. Like it's a cool room and they get like fun stuff and like cool posts. Like what are we like, even when they pull out the stuff last year, I think it was with Jaden Quaidens, not even with the cookie cake. He took a picture with all of our national championship trophies and he's just kind of squatting next to him, looking all awkward. Like what are we, who is hired to do that? Uh, it's funny that we we be doing that and still having the number one class pretty often. So. I know what we need to do. It's just embarrassing as fans. Like I'm not even talking about the recruiting aspect. Just like I want to. <laughs> it's just I'm supporting the team that's putting themselves out there like that. <laughs> I know what we need to do. We need to, uh, as we're up to no good, make a parody of Gary come home from SpongeBob, uh, but have it be TJ come home. Hey, even the even the football team does better recruiting photos like significantly better for their recruits so like one said yeah did you say that exactly it's a bunch of grown men oh my bad my bad my bad 
Just buddy being buddy. Eli Cox says, what needs to happen the rest of the year for you all to still be confident in Calipari's ability to continue to coach at Kentucky? We need to see improvement. The talent's there. Win games. Can he make the tweak to win the big games? And those are the ones in March. This has been the case since the beginning of the year. And I said this over Twitter a few days ago that the fate of this year and whether we determine determine it to be a success or not is whether we make the final four. We can have the best regular season, be a one seed. And if we lose in the first weekend, everyone's going to say fire Cal. We can repeat 2014 and make the national championship game and we'll consider it to be a success. Calipari, I mean, especially in the day of modern college basketball, there's so much parity. Like, there's so much that can go wrong. You could lose random games. You have a young team. This really isn't that new to Kentucky. I mean, we've seen similar stretches in 2017, 2011, 2014. What's different is we haven't been winning in the tournament, too. If Cal can prove that he can do his little magic touch and get these seven future NBA players to play well together and win basketball games in March and win four or five of them, maybe six in a row, that, that's kind of what needs to happen at this point. Just like I, I would be happy with a with an Elite Eight at this point, if I'm honest with you. But, but yeah, uh, I need I need a, some a, Elite Eight paired with, like, maybe an SEC championship. But it can't like if you're just gonna kind of scrape your way through the regular season and like you can't have a mediocre regular season and just miss out on a final four. Like you can't you kinda gotta go all in on March now, in my opinion. Um our friend Swear it says, Who do you guys think is the Donald Trump of college basketball? Bruce Pearl. It's it's the easiest answer. Like we don't even have to explain ourselves. It's Bruce Pearl. Next question. You're going to make Auburn basketball great again. We that are was gonna awful. Win. They never were great. Uh, him Coleman says thoughts? Question mark? Question mark? No. What is yeah, that a video know. of? Oh, I was going to mention the video. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask if you guys had any thoughts. I mean, my thoughts are I'm not going to describe that video, but if you'd like to see it, go back to our <laughs> question tweet and just uh, give it a give it a look. See, I I had to hide a few replies from our lovely group chat, the uh, uh, ball knowers. I think it's a good. Uh, so sh- I think it's a good video. That's my thoughts. Shout out good. to them. <laughs> shout yeah. out to them. All right, Kentucky Shrek says. Would you choose a football team that wins no more than five games per year if you are guaranteed an elite eight or better every year in basketball? <laughs> yes. 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 Sorry, I would sacrifice like, the football team for for the basketball team to um to get an elite eight or better every year. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I'm sorry. It's not even like choosing football over ba- or basketball over football. That's an elite eight every year. Yeah. Like, yeah, how and- many elite eights do we have as a, a in program history? Uh, like 20 something, I don't know, quite a bit. We have like I'm 17 right final now. fours, so we have to have more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 17? Do we have 17 final fours? Not quite. Yeah, I, no, I think it's exactly 17. History. How many does what? Tennessee have? Zero, I think. <laughs> um, there are, yeah, uh, 38. Many, okay. 38 
Hopefully they tend there, there is a very, 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 very short list of things that I would not do to guarantee postseason success for Kentucky basketball. Um, Kentucky football winning more than five games is not on that list. Didn't the tournament used to be just like really, really small though? It used to be eight teams. Yeah, exactly. Like back in the forties, well, like, if you were just in the tournament, then you made the elite eight. That's how. San yeah, but Francisco I mean, like, has like four championships. They just had Bill I mean, like, Russell and had to win two games. Even <laughs> since the seventies, we've had like over twenty-five. So it's still, but still, like that's not every year. Imagine if we went to the elite eight at least every year. That means if just mathematically we have a one in eight chance every year of winning a national championship, there's probably a better chance than that. Yes, I'm taking that. I'm telling okay. Joe Chill says, when do you think our next championship will be? I think April 8th. Yeah. Go Cats. Why predict anything else? It's what I believe. Like you can make fun of me. You could think I'm an idiot. You probably will, but that, that's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, at Turry J says DJ Rob Tone Adu Ugo need to be our starting five. I mean, I switch what I want my starting five to be every week. There's week I want Reed in there. Uh, like there's up until probably a couple days ago, everyone would have had Trey in there. Maybe even Big Z. Um, so I don't really care who our starting five is, but I think all five people that you listed needs to be in our seven-man rotation, and then I would probably add Reed and Trey to the needed to be that seven. But yeah, Reed, Trey, and then DJ, Rob, Antonio, Adu, Ugo. That's the seven guys I would play. I don't day. care who starts. I, I mean, I'm kind of getting there a little bit. Like, you, like we kind of started off the season always going down and then stopped it for a little bit. Like, you can't go down, like, 16-4 to four against Tennessee, like, at some point, you got to start starting your best players. Like you can't do this every game. You don't tell me when I do and don't go down. At Slideways Brad says, why does BBN see the inefficiencies of the defense? Uh, because they're not good. And is it me or is Rob Dillingham instant offense slash a game changer? No, that's not just you. He is. Why not start the game with that energy instead of coming off the bench? That's a great question. Um, it seems like Rob Dillingham is doing really well with coming off the bench, so might not want to change it. But, I mean, if he, he's going to start be playing 30 minutes plus, I think coming and starting would be good for him. I mean, we, we've we been calling for Reed to start all year. He's 0-3 as a starter. Yeah. I mean, I more attribute. I don't attribute that at all to Reed. I attribute it more to DJ being out yeah. uh, and also just not playing well as a team in those games. But... Like, why mess with – if he's scoring 35 points off the bench and he's also playing, like, 32 minutes in that game, don't – it doesn't matter if he starts on the tip-off. Ethan Mills says, is the zone defense option off the table for this team? Something has to change defensively. I mean, we already talked about the zone and why it doesn't work. But if you think that our defense isn't good, trying to teach it to play a completely new type of defense – um in february might not be your best bet like that's the thing that people forget like coach just doesn't like go like in like 2k and like the coaching settings and just say we're gonna play a zone like you can't you don't just start playing zone like you actually have to start teaching it 
Like you have to like the players need to know how to play zone. And that's a very complicated thing. And for all the reasons we said, that might not be their biggest strength. Kentucky Krogh says, do you agree that Matt Jones looks like Amy McGrath? Personally, I've never seen the resemblance. Either any of y'all? No. Is no. Matt Jones a uh, pilot? I heard. Yeah, I was about to say, I heard she's like a fighter pilot or something. Is his she husband a Republican? <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. I'm looking, I don't see it. Boxcar Willie says, how does a Kentucky team consistently lose every year with overwhelmingly ta- with overwhelming talent over everyone else? Well, they haven't consistently lost every year. I mean, they had a five-year run where they had four Final Fours in the year before that. Uh, I think they lost like three games the whole year and made an Elite Eight. Um, and then they won the SEC championship in 2016. And then they went to the Elite Eight in 2017 and was a Luke May shot and uh, a stupid roofer away from making another Final Four. In 2018, hey, they it. won the... In 2018, they won the SEC championship again. In 2019, they were an overtime away from the Final Four. In 2020, they were um, potentially a a pandemic away from a Final Four. So we're not talking about consistently. We're talking about the past few years. Um, Which we haven't had immense NBA talent. Yes, with the past few years, years, it's like, is Xavier Wheeler immensely, like, overwhelmingly talent over other point guards and stuff like that? I don't know. I'll tell you why, Willie. Because you've been a very naughty boy, and Cal is punishing you, you specifically. And the rest of us are feeling the consequences of your bad behavior. Like when the teacher keeps everybody inside from recess because that one kid keeps breaking his pencils. You've been a very naughty boy, and we're being punished because of you. It's all your fault. You're not my dad, and I'm not going to call you dad, even if there's a fire. Wildcat Junkie. Okay, you're done. Wildcat Junkie says, what what do you think needs to change overall with the way we performed the last few seasons? Here's the thing. The things that needed to change the past few seasons are all different. One, don't have a pandemic when you have an overwhelmingly big team full of freshmen. um, And when you recruit lots of freshmen, uh, don't have Joel Justice do it. That's step number one. We fixed that. Step number two, when you have a top three team in the country and all the experts are universally saying the top three teams in the country are Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kentucky, don't have your entire backcourt like have one collective working leg between them, between C.J. Frederick, who was out all year, Saver Wheeler, who was out um, and playing through injuries the second half of the year, Ty Ty Washington, who got hurt against the uh, when we played Florida, got hurt twice, but after the Florida game was never the same, and Cullen Grady, who apparently had plantar fasciitis for half the year and fell off a cliff. Um, And then the next year, I just think was bad roster construction on Cal's part. I mean, you have a national player of the year returning, um, and then you just filled it with guys that didn't work together and not top-end talent. This year, Cal has the top-end talent. And I don't know why we're not winning, but we don't need to talk about an overall change. That's the thing. When people want to have these macro discussions, the state of the program, we've had bad results the past few years, and they were all kind of for different reasons. Some of them were excusable. Some of them were not. Um, But what can we change about this year? Do you think the way that we can improve? Be better. I think get healthy. 
get healthy, limit the rotation, get down to the seven guys that you can get consistency with. I mean, we're in a lot of games uh, and we're like, we didn't close out A&M. We didn't close out Florida. Um, I feel like there was another close one. South Carolina, we were kind of in, but then fell off at the end. Kansas. Kansas, we were right in. And a lot of those games, like what do they have in common? We we're missing key players. Like we didn't have any seven footers when we were playing the best seven footer in the country. Uh, we didn't have DJ for two of our losses, like our go-to point guard at the end of the games. We didn't have him for the losses. I think you just kind of got to find some consistency in a rotation and the little things we talked about, like defense and rebounding. Um, they got to at least be competent. You need to be okay in those areas. If we hire Faulkner, will he bring any players from tech? I don't even know what sport you're talking about. Is this a Cal replacement or a Liam Cohen replacement? Cohen. Uh, I don't who, want any players from Georgia Tech. Oh, George. I was thinking Texas Tech. Honestly. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> I don't want any players from them, either. I'm sorry, Cat Sports 31 that I'm just not qualified to answer this question. The Prodigy says, has Rob earned any starting spot? Has Rob earned a starting spot even when DJ returns? Or are y'all opposed to starting three guards assuming the three care. are dj rob and reeves i'm not opposed to starting three guards but it's not like rob is even starting with dj out so i don't think that's going to be the case when dj comes back um the wt i do think that's interesting though i mean maybe reed is the guy that has to stay as the sixth man maybe we try rob starting for once that would, that would be nice rob is if you could go into a factory and build a sixth man like the ideal six man off the bench, you build Rob Dillingham. Like he is the perfect guy. Like he's Lou Williams. Like he just comes off and he's electric. And he, but the thing is, because he's coming off the bench, he's not, not necessarily held to the same standard, but like he doesn't have to set the tone. And I, I think that's something he might struggle with because on defense, he's not great at setting the tone, but if he can come in and like reset the tone, that's, that's really what he's good at is like, scaring the other team because if they establish something rob can just come in and wreck that immediately and that's what he did against tennessee we just didn't have the defense to like help him up help along with that i have a quick argument for starting rob i want to hear what y'all think um especially rob seems like his like he gets fatigued very easily and his endurance isn't very good and he needs to get subbed out a lot um like if you start him out that is not playing him but also not helping him like regain stamina. You know what I'm saying? So it feels like you can use, if you start him, you could use that time out to help him gain energy throughout the game. Like if you start him the first five and then bring him out for another four to five minutes, now he's coming in at the 10 minute mark completely fresh and have already played five minutes as opposed to now where he's playing and then he's not fresh. You know what I'm saying? So you're pro start or anti start, Rob? I'm saying pro start because if you sit him on the bench, he's not getting minutes, but he's not gaining stamina, you know? Gotcha. I think I would still rather him come in later off the bench with fresh legs and that he's just going to look that much better against uh, guys who have already been playing whenever he gets out there. He'll just be able to do more work, move, you know, do do his thing. Do his thing. We could start Pell's year for all I care. Just as long as the best players are playing the most minutes, that's all that matters. 
Well, yeah. here, here's my argument. Let's say Rob plays 30 minutes, okay? But let's say he starts. That means he has 10 minutes of sub, like 10 minutes where he subbed throughout the game. That's 10 minutes of rest. Now let's say Rob plays 30 minutes, but he comes in at the five-minute mark. Now he only really has five minutes of rest throughout the game when because like he hasn't actually started using energy until the five minute mark. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I just disagree. Okay, that's valid. Um, Kyle Rando says, "Have we seen the last wasted career performance of the season? First Ugo, then Dilly. Cats have to capitalize when these guys ball out." I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I hope we have not seen the last wasted performance. But we're not going to waste it by skipping over on this podcast. Shout out Yugana Nienzo for having a damn near triple double with blocks um, and making huge play after huge play uh, against Florida. And shout out Dillingham for single handedly keeping us from losing by 40 to Tennessee. Here's one I want to get into one of these questions before we have to start speed running these. This guy said, Oh, wait, sorry. Gerald Holmes yeah. said, Hypothetically, which would you rather happen? Option one, UK basketball gets it together and makes a final four, but fails to win the title. All freshmen go pro or UK basketball flames out in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament again, but all the freshmen return for a sophomore season. I say you have to make a run, go for the final four. Final then, four. Yeah. Go yeah. for the final four. You got to get a final. Here's the thing. The standards will not, will not abide it. If, uh, if we lose in the, in the first weekend like that, I, yeah. They're all going pro already, one. And two, if as of right now, if they're going to lose in the first weekend, then maybe they're not going to be that much better as sophomores. <laughs> like, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, give me the final four. That That's an easy one. I if mean, even, lose, 20, we... even 2015, when like all the freshmen returned, I mean, well, Willie wasn't a freshman, but he returned. The Harrison Twins returned. I mean, as stacked as that team was, a championship wasn't guaranteed. So I feel like I would just take the guaranteed final four. If like, if you ever ask me a question, if it's like Kentucky basketball gets a final four, or if like the other option isn't better than a final four, I'm always going to take the first one. Even if it means Kentucky football losing uh, more than eight games a year or whatever, I'm just always going to take it. Kentucky gets a final four or you get $1 billion cash. Final four. I would take the $1 billion cash and then build the best uh, basketball team next year with NIL money. Wow, fake fan. And I would buy out Kel's contract and get a real coach in here to coach these guys and play basketball the right way. Smith. I would double Kel's contract. I would double Kel's salary as long as he's a contractor. Oh my God. Do you know how funny that would be? (laughs) I would give him, I would incentivize him for $1 million for every uh, tournament win that he was able to get <laughs> uh at yep. luke 859 says oh i just clicked out of the tweet silly matt he says do you think a top four seed in the sec tournament is out of reach with the hole we've put ourselves in and a lot top of tough four? road games still ahead top four seed no what are we now like a six Dude, I don't know. a top two seed is not out of reach like if we want out we, we, we have a tough road ahead but you know why we have a tough road ahead we play all the teams that are in front of us so we can go beat them. <laughs> like we, we only have like only like we're not doing well in the SEC. We have four SEC losses. Four SEC losses wins the SEC most years. 
So that's crazy. We, just went out and don't worry so, about it. It's so unfair that they get like a easy like other SEC teams getting like a super easy SEC schedule. Like how y'all getting cakewalk schedules to get the win there? That's the thing. We always play like road games. Whenever we go on the road against good teams, it's always on a Saturday because other teams ask for it because that's their like big game that they want to sell tickets for. And so we always, when we play good teams, we're not just going on the road. We're always getting the best road environments. Now we should still win those games. We are, we should be good enough to win those games either way. That's not me making an excuse. It's just like Kentucky is kind of given a, inherent disadvantage just for being Kentucky. We we're, say we're everybody's Super Bowl and that is a very true statement. We're also always given the hard teams twice for the same reason. It's just more marketable. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah, we should still win them. Like, I kind of I don't want to get out of the mentality of ooh, hard teams. Uh, like, we're, like, not not to repeat, like, oh, I have to hate, hate that I have to say this, but we're Kentucky, you know? We, we Like, we should be feared, not fear and having to play good teams, you know? Anyways, Caleb oh, Johnson by the way, says... Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, you, you wait. About, okay, fine, go ahead. While you're talking about being afraid, I made a joke tweet about Tennessee getting in trouble, and I said, fingers crossed, Dalton Connect being ineligible by Saturday. And after replies were, we're Kentucky, don't be scared about other players. Shut up, you idiot, I'm making a joke. Caleb Johnson says, realistically, do you see Kentucky making a push for Final Four or do you see an early exit? We all see Final Four. We kind of answered that question already. Um, but thank you for your question, Caleb. It's Noah says, out of the three big men, who do you think is going to get the most playing time when Cal start, starts to cut down playing eight guys? Um, he kind of already has started to cut down to playing eight guys, and we've seen that it's been Ugo. It's the best defensive option. I mean, I don't think any of our offensive – I don't think any of our centers are – overwhelmingly dominant on the offensive end. You know, I think Z has the potential to, but I just don't think he's going to put it all together at least this year. So go with who's giving you the best defense. I say Ugo and by a lot. Yeah. And he just keeps getting better every game. Uh, I think that the like the ceiling is still higher if you play Bradshaw or Z and probably Bradshaw if we're expecting Z to come back maybe. Um the floor is better with Ugo, though. But the floor is higher with Ugo, exactly. So See, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of up to I don't know. You know, it's debatable. It's a good question. What do uh What do y'all think about this? Is a Matt Sack question, by the way. Do you think a little bit a problem with our team right now is that the guys that or like our highest potential guys, our biggest stars, are not our stars? Like instead of playing Aaron Bradshaw, who was a top five recruit, we're playing Ugo, who was a four star recruit and didn't really do anything last year. Instead of yeah, Justin there's... Edwards, we're playing a dude who was like a three star. Instead of DJ, who's hurt, it's not like he's playing bad, but he's not playing. And now we're relying on Reed, who is a four star, and Rob, who was a five star, but he wasn't top five. He was more like top 15, top 20. Yeah, there was a time, like, we obviously really hyped this recruiting class uh, coming in, rightfully so, for the most part. You should study. Um, but there was a time, a crucial point in the game against Tennessee where we were making our biggest run, and we had one freshman in the game. Like, 
and it did, and it made total sense. We had Antonio Reeves, Adu, Trey, and Hugo all in the game at the same time, and no one was complaining because that's what kind of made sense in the moment. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely love if we had four freshmen in because they're playing to their potential and like really doing what they are supposed to be able to do. And at times they have, like, I mean, the backcourt of DJ Robin Reed at times has been fantastic. Like go back and watch first 30 minutes of the Kansas game. They were so good, but at other times they're just inconsistent. DJ's obviously hurt. And then our friend, and then Aaron has been kind of a disappointment. Justin has been, we've talked about him enough. I don't want to pile on the guy, but he did good last yeah. game. He did okay against Tennessee. He did pretty good. Good game. And he kind of kickstarted that yes. first run. Let's just uh, let's go back to October for a second. You don't know what we've seen from this team so far. I ask you, what is our best five players like? Who's our starting five? Who's our closing five? Um, like, what is the best version of the team look like? Like, you probably say DJ at the one, Reeves at the two. Justin at the three, Trey at the four, Aaron at the five. I say I probably say Rob at the one, DJ at the two at that time. Yeah, but I, I feel then, like that was probably the biggest consensus was the five I just said. You know, okay, okay, well, okay, fine. Some people disagreed. Some people wanted Rob in there. Some people wanted Reed in there. Excuse me, um, but that was probably our biggest consensus. DJ's hurt. Um, Aaron missed a lot of time and has, other than the Florida game, hasn't been great. And Justin has never really put it all together. I mean, we, the guys that were supposed to be the guys are just like just fighting to stay in the rotation. And I, I think that's probably a bigger issue than uh, people are giving it credit for. BBN Blue Bud for Life. Uh, love the name, by the way. He says, if you are the CEO of a very successful organization, it has come to your attention there's a small group of employees that are occupying a significant portion of the day complaining and being very negative in general to other employees is this a big deal why what do you do uh i would say that that's not a very apt analogy for being a fan of a basketball team uh like this isn't a job being a fan is fun like and fun looks different for everybody for some people they care about kentucky in a way that makes them very negative after losses and very pessimistic that's a way to be a fan and they're allowed to do that i'm allowed to disagree with them and think that they're being like a little bit of fair weather fans, but you know, they're fans. And just like uh, we're pretty, pes- we're pretty optimistic about things. That's the way we're fans. And uh, that it, it's different from a company. I will say that if it were, if it were up to me, we would be less pessimistic as a fan base, uh, but it's not up to me. So. For um, as annoying as annoying as fans are on Twitter, I was at the Florida game. The atmosphere was fantastic. I heard it was fantastic for the Tennessee game. Um, we delivered two losses, and our head coach couldn't even speak to us after it. For the people that say I can't be critical of Cal, like if you want, was... if you want to use the word unacceptable, that is one of the things we could say is unacceptable. Cal should have to have to say something. He would have to. He needs to come out and be just be like, "I'm sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't have done that." Of like all the things that Cal has done this year, coaching wise, this has been my biggest pet peeve. You ask for an amazing atmosphere. Florida on a late Wednesday night was fantastic. Saturday, despite tickets being over $1,000 for lowers, was fantastic. And we lose both games, and our head coach doesn't even come out to speak to us. And apparently we sent Justin Edwards out there to do it. Are you kidding me? 
the dude that's well, struggling the most on this team? Well, we didn't just send like we always send a player out first and then a coach, and we sent on Orlando and Tigua instead of Cal. But we like we get on here and we act like we know enough ball to be a D one coach and give suggestions for like how to fix things. But like not none of us have taught like coached at that levels. But this is one of those things that is really disappointing. <laughs> it's you send not just a player, you send Justin Edwards, who was at one point a lock to go to Tennessee had every reason to like be embarrassed by this, by this performance. Cause that's the team that he was going to go to. He thought he upgraded by going to Kentucky and we lost in our home court to them. He played pretty well, but he still only had like seven points that that's underperforming still uh, on his account. He's been uh, trashed by the fan base online and even somewhat in person at games. Um, he did not have to go out there and he did. And he answered questions and he was really good. He also did an interview with BBN tonight that after the games, like he, he was willing to answer the tough questions. Cal, like you said, asked the fans to do their job, asked the players to do their job. Can't do his job. I, I agree that the radio show is stupid and it doesn't really matter, but like fans are there for a reason. Like there is always a line of like 50 to 60 kids getting autographs from the head coach. Like that was me. That was me like last year too. <laughs> was getting an autograph from Coach Cal. People expect that from him and expect that fan interaction even after losses. I get he's a person. I get he's got stuff, but like that was so disappointing. It was bad. He should have done the show. I was there um at the I always stay after the games for the for the show. So I was there listening to Justin. He signed a bunch of kids' balls, by the way. Um, but um yeah. Antigua came out. And there were some fans. They said, "Where's Cal?" You know, they were screaming at him. I felt kind of bad for Orlando, but yeah, I mean, you said it. Cal probably, Cal definitely should have done the, uh, done the show. Let's uh rapid fire a few of these. Uh, Menzer says, "Percent chance, in your opinion, that Kentucky misses the March Madness tournament? Zero. Zero. No, there's no way. No. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. put it at one percent just because it's a mathematical possibility. But like, yeah, we're we're winning some games." Uh, Stacy Smith says, I just can't understand all those coaches on the sidelines seeing the same thing we do on defense and not being embarrassed and trying to do something to fix it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, on the baseline, out of bounds plays is just insanity, expecting this just to start working. I mean, it's our Achilles Hill, you know. <laughs> yeah. And also, you really think they're not trying to do something? I think it's going to sink in after this. I think it's going to sink in after this. Uh, week. Cal, I, I hope you're right. Cal is too smart not to be trying to fix it. Um, uh, he's not trying the right thing. Mike at UK Wildcats 222 says, Do you have faith in Mitch to make the right hire for an ex basketball coach? <laughs> no, no, that's that's no. the other thing about uh, not wanting to fire Cal. <laughs> I don't trust Mitch to pick the right cereal for breakfast in the morning. I don't trust Mitch to pick his nose correctly. Yeah. Juan Rashington says, what's the baseline out of bounds problem and what do we need to do to fix it? WT kind of already went into that. John one, zero, one, six, two, four, five, one. No, not him. Why do we put the guy guarding inbounds underneath the basket? Yeah. Uh, another baseline out of bounds question. Right, WT kind of went John. over that. Yeah. A good point. John one, zero, one, six, two, four, five, one. Caden for Kentucky says, 
why has Trey Mitchell just suddenly sort of went down? We kind of talked about that. Uh, Gunner says, how long exactly does Cal's endless contract, contract last? I really don't know, but I don't think we're getting a buyout. As long as he wants it to because you're naughty. Oh, Hunter Moncrief says, if Kentucky has little to no success this postseason, where do you think Mitch Barnhart goes with John Calipari? That's like the kind of like question I said I don't really want to answer. Why are we just predetermining that he does? If keep- they do, if they do, I don't know. Let's talk about it in May. I don't want to think about that. I want to think about Kentucky being great. He's keeping imagine. he's keeping Cal because you're naughty. He's I mean, what, what just look at the other coaches we're keeping around at other sports, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Wayne just look at a few of them. Wayne last name Kerr. Um, I'm sure this is a serious account. <laughs> says, "Why did my wife leave me? I need answers." Probably because she was a naughty boy as well. I actually, have you're naughty. I have an answer because I looked. I uh, clicked on his profile and scrolled down his uh, his timeline and looked at a couple of tweets. Here's two of them. One says, "Went to Keeneland yesterday and there was a horse named Stacy's Revenge. I bet on it because I thought it was ironic considering my ex-wife's name is Stacy. Just like my wife, Stacy's Revenge damn near bankrupted me and ran off with another stallion." The other tweet says, seriously, my wife, Stacy, went to get myself and the kids a lovely, healthy meal from our local McDonald's restaurant and ended up getting porked by some man nerd named Stefan in the bathroom. She hasn't been home since. Come home, Stacy. Sorry. I'm sorry, Wayne. Logistically, how does he know the guy's name if she hasn't been home since? That's a big that's a big hole. Social media exists, man. Word travels fast. You don't think he's got dealers out? You don't think he knows what his ex-wife's up to? Larry Tanheimer says, who are the 100th, 100 wealthiest alums, and what can we do? Um, wow, can I not read? Who are the 100 wealthiest? Someone else take over, please. I had a list, actually. I prepared an entire list of the top 100 wealthiest alums. Let me read them off one by one. And what can we put you down for to make the nightmare end? I don't think money is going to change anything, Larry. I tell you what, the nightmare will never end. You know why? Because corporations, because corporations are greedy. They know exactly. They know if they kept nacho fries all the time, their sales would not be what they are. So these, this corporate greed has got to stop, and no amount of wealthy donors will ever make the nightmare end. That is Taco Bell taking away the nacho fries. Next question. Trey Bird says, why are we in a funk and why is Mark Stoops to blame? I don't think Mark Stoops has anything to do with our basketball team personally. Uh, oh, D1 Wild. What's that? What if he's talking about the football funk? Are we? Then we're not even in the season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator funk. We are in an offensive coordinator funk. He's right. Is Mark Stoops to blame in your opinion, buddy? No. I, I, I You're don't not know. buddy. I don't know. I don't blame Cohen for, for just wanting to take an upgrade job. I don't really blame Stoops either. So Yeah, we kind of already talked about that. D1 Wildcat says, how does Dillingham dropping 35 affect LeBron's legacy? Well, LeBron is the second greatest basketball player of all time now because Rob is number one. Anyone that disagrees does not know ball. LeBron does not have any 35-point games in college. This is true. This is true. Jella Fever says, how long till y'all figure out Dillingham is your best player? And if Shepard is the shooter you think he is, why isn't he running off screens constantly like J.J. Redick? Why do we got to um, compare him to the white guy, man? Uh, and why J.J. So, Redick? 
so many three-point shooters have played college basketball. Why is the one that you name the most prominent white guy shooter? So this ever? guy, this guy clearly isn't a Kentucky fan because he said, "Like, how long till y'all realize that Rob is your best player?" I mean, I feel like a handful of people have said that's this good. or have been saying it. Why isn't Reed running off screens? If you watch her offense, that's pretty much exclusively what he's doing. We kind of want him to be less of a shooter and more of a playmaker. And since DJ went out, he's kind of been forced to have to do that. Um, and I don't think anyone like, is saying he's this generational shooter. He just doesn't shoot that much, but he makes all the shots he does. So he, he, he has a really high percentage. I think he might be generational. I think he should shoot more. Um, also, that's a pretty common sentiment, though. I've noticed kind of in other fan bases. Everybody hypes Rob like a lot. Like Rob is every other team's favorite player to watch. Well, if you're not, if you're not watching Rob every single day, you probably see his highlights, but you don't see his flaws. And if there's a guy where like if you don't notice their flaws but only see their highlights, I mean, Rob Dillingham probably looks like a better player than LeBron, if we're being honest. Uh, Brian Diener says signing a bunch of highly ranked and projected NBA pick players doesn't seem to equate to a great college team. Do we need a do we need a coach worried about winning college basketball championships and less about getting players to the NBA? Do we need to go back to a program first mentality? If your um, solution that's is a lot of different that's players. a lot of different questions. Oh, go ahead, WT. Is that if your solution is recruiting worse players, that's a bad solution. We would have more championships if you weren't so naughty. Um, I I feel like, uh, you know, this is the first time we've all acknowledged this is like the first time in a while that Cal's had one of his young, like super high, like this kind of team. You know what I mean? Young freshman, superstar NBA talent. Uh, when that happened, we lost games in the season, but we said it's okay because by March we'll be ready. That's not happening this season because people have kind of forgotten uh, or, or they just like don't believe anymore, whatever. Um, but we we can win and march with these guys. I think winning is still a priority. Everybody wants to win. Yeah, the last two teams have been much more like veteran oriented, and they just didn't get better throughout the season. This team isn't really getting better defensively, but like they have the but they have more potential to improve from where they are than last teams did. The last two teams did from where they were. You can't tell me that in the next six weeks we will not improve in at defense. So, I mean, I just will not hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that that's where you're wrong, buddy. My sources tell me that Calipari actually loves losing. He loves it. He goes and he sits in a goon cave in his basement and touches himself watching old Kentucky losses. Um, Jay will 2007 says, should Rob start from here on out or continue to be our super boost sixth man off the bench? We kind of already talked about that. Cujo and the cat says, what the hell happened to us? Well, our most important player and point guard got hurt and we haven't won with him out. Um, then a bunch of Vol fans say we suck. Um, should we make reservations to go to the NIT? Why is Tennessee ranked ahead of Kentucky? Do you guys practice defense? Why does UK suck so bad? Um, any any answer to any of those Tennessee fans? I say I will see you friends in Food City Arena uh, in March. Oh, uh, anonymous full five six six says defense. What are you talking about defense? Is that an Allen Iverson reference? No, uh, no, it's just saying we don't have defense, which is true. But we'll see you in March. 
Well, that is all of the questions other than the ones uh, WT hid. Oh, wait, what about this one? Did you answer this one? There's some of these that like are like new accounts, so they kind of got like suppressed or whatever Twitter does. This guy said, Billy Cadison says, made a new account to join BBN Fun. My question is, even though he has been clutch Mm -hmm. at the free throw line when need be, Reed's overall free throw percentage has dipped significantly in SEC play versus non-con. How can we make him feel that every free throw is in the clutch so he never misses again? You're right. Uh, I, just... I did miss that. Um, make free throws. Chicken it's not sandwich. really a coachable way to do it. It's just make them. Don't miss them. I said we we pack Rep Arena student section and everybody wears orange and screams at him while he shoots his, practices his free throws. I like that. Yeah, I have a contact with Team Wildcat. We can make that happen. I have a contact that has a contact with Team Wildcat. It's WT. I have a contact for Cal's Goon Cave. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, boys, we are all going to be at the game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I, I need to. I, I need to go in and buy the ticket. I haven't bought the ticket yet, uh, but yeah, uh, I'll go. Yeah, I'm going. Sick. Well, I actually, for the reasons I said earlier, am feeling physically destroyed and emotionally destroyed. But I'm deciding to make the trip because I feel like our team needs us. They need our section. What section are y'all in? I guess Um, I don't. I won't say what I had to say. It's okay. I'm sorry. Are you mad at me? Just sad and disappointed. I'm in section one F. Okay. I am in whatever section uh front of the program Dowell Harmon is in because he uh set me up with a ticket. Bang bang. I guess yes, I'm- buddy, I was actually gonna bring up a point about you. You inspired oh. me to go to this game. Um after the Florida loss, I saw you tweeted out something along the lines of um, you know, it's really sad, but instead of just being sad and complaining on Twitter, I'm going to go buy a ticket to the Tennessee game and be loud and support my team. So instead of me just being sad at home, I'm going to go drive out to Vanderbilt and uh, support my team. So, yeah, that tweet was a huge inspiration for why I'm going. So mm. whether uh, you believe in the sack curse or not, that might be a good or bad thing. Yeah, I said when Kentucky loses the game, I just buy a ticket to the next one and make sure it's louder. See y'all at Tennessee or in Rupp for Tennessee in Nashville. That's my new. Well, that was what I. That's oh, what I said before. Oh, oh I yes, you. I will also be at that game because we lost again. So my bank account is sobbing, but that's my new philosophy. Anybody else going to the meet and greet or just me? I'm going to be getting there at game time because I'm going to be hustling over right after work. Bradley, do you just not work? I do. I just have flexibility. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. Do a backbend. Right there. Not that kind of flexibility. Show me. The kind where if I get my work done, I, I don't have to do stuff. Okay. Interesting when I get my work done, I just get assigned more work. But on to score predictions, we're all going to be there. Buddy, start us off. Oh, why do you always tell me to start us off? I have to think about it. Well, because if you don't start us off, you're going to have to ask us again, oh, who did everyone pick for MVP? I don't know who's taken. So if you just go first, (laughs) it works out easier for everyone. Okay, you're right. You're right. We're playing Vanderbilt. We're playing at Vanderbilt. We're going to score 91, and they 
are going to score. What's Vanderbilt been scoring this year? They're like two hundred twentieth in the net. Um, they have okay. one of the. They're like bottom three fifty in offense. We're gonna score ninety one. They're going to score. Oh my gosh. Um, sixty nine. We're gonna have to nice. Score you see, the over under is one fifty one and a half. That's Who's your wild. MVP? Oh, that. Uh, who's playing? Honestly, it sounds uh, like DJ no DJ and Kentucky Trey and Vanderbilt likely out. Oh, um, I am going to take Ugana Onionzo once more. Crazy. Hey, I nailed it last time. I nailed it, Brad. You did. WT, what you got? I uh, I will go. Um, I will take the cats. Um, I'll take 101 to 82. Uh, and I'm going to say Rob Dillingham will uh, improve, not not just match, but improve on his performance. Bradley? You know what? We are reeling. We've lost two games in a row. Two games that arguably we should not have lost. Arguably. You know what? John Vincent Calipari is not a fan of losing. Our team does not like losing. Nashville is usually a place that the Cats play pretty well. Um, there was a lot of blue there last year. I think there's going to be a lot of blue there this year. The cats are going to come out hungry. They're going to come out hustling and they're going to come out scoring the ball. Give me the cats. 112 to Vanderbilt 47 with your MVP being Justin Edwards and my post game prediction is that Cal is going to drag Jerry Stackhouse out to half court, pull down his pants and spank him because he's been a naughty boy. I don't think I can include that in the uh uh out of context. That that one's gonna get flagged. <laughs> I'm a Jerry Stackhouse can't coach. And by the way, we're going to take their best guard, whoever we want, whenever the portal opens. Tyron Lawrence, Stackhouse, Tyron Lawrence, Ezra Monjone, whoever, both of them. I don't care. I'm going to take the Cats 82 to 68. And do you know what we're going to see? In a Duthiero 20-point game, he will be our MVP. Tell me you just don't see it happening. He's going to go for 20. I love you so much, Matt Sack. They don't have good players. Good thing we do. Let's bring home a dub. Get us back in the W column. Woo! Go Cats! Woo! Murray State Racers!